every entrepreneur has a story. Welcome to Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur, where each episode, your host, Brian Carney, will share a drink with a successful business owner and have them discuss their unique journey, gaining insight on what it takes to be an entrepreneur and different ways to get there. Brian isn't just a beer nerd. He's also the co-founder of River's Edge Advisors, a financial planning firm headquartered in Delaware, specializing in working with business owners. It's time to pour yourself a drink and enjoy a happy half hour with an entrepreneur. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur. I am your host, Brian Carney. My guest today is Katie Loazzo, the owner of a Wilmington franchise of Viamark Advertising. Katie started in radio advertising sales for about 11 years before starting her own business. Also, she is quite possibly the most dedicated Philadelphia Eagles fan on the planet. So as two Eagles fans get together, we certainly will be discussing that for sure. Katie, thanks for for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, that's great. So for our conversation, I'm going to be drinking a beer my brother-in-law gave me this weekend. So I'm going to Drink the beer, and then I'll give it a review at the end. But this is a, a um, New Jersey brewery called Icarus Brewing, and I'm going to be drinking a pound of Idaho Feathers, which sounds like an interesting name yeah, for the beer. Yeah, that's a cool name. <laughs> we'll give it a review at the end. What are you going to be uh, What are you going to be drinking? I'm going to be drinking this A to Z Pinot Noir. Ooh. I'm not really a beer girl. I'm more yeah. of a wine girl. I actually and love Pinot Noir. It. Me too, especially yeah. from Oregon. That's my favorite. Ah, Okay. Love it. And then I'm going to drink it out of my Viamark wine glass. Perfect. Advertising. I love it. You got to have it in there. Well, first, let's jump in. Tell me a little bit about your business. Okay. So we are a full service advertising agency, which means that we could help with um, any parts of advertising that any of our clients need, web design, graphic design, uh, media planning, et cetera, digital advertising. Uh, But we're a franchise. So that's what makes us unique. As far as I know, there's no other full service marketing agencies that operate as a franchise model. So there's other Viamark offices throughout the country, not just here in Delaware. And we share our creative resources. Hmm. So each market is locally owned, individually owned and operated, but we share our creative team. So, you know, that allows us to have local market knowledge for our local clients, but be able to deliver what we consider to be kind of national quality creative. That's pretty interesting. So how many franchises across the country are there? There are 14. Oh, wow. And like, what kind of, what, what other types of cities are they in? Uh, we're mostly, we're exclusively on the East Coast. Okay. Um, in various cities, all the way um, from Boston down to Charleston, South Carolina. Viamark started in the Carolinas, so there's several offices in the Carolinas. Okay. So that's, and, you, and your specialty is local advertising, right? Correct. Yeah. So um, like I said, each individual office is locally owned and operated. Yeah. So the owners of each office are kind of media experts in their market. They've been, you know, like in my case, in, in radio advertising sales in the market, they know the local market. That's it. That's really interesting. Well, since you bring up radio advertising, so you get your career selling radio advertising in Poughkeepsie, New York. Of that's all- where I started. Yes. So how, how that is a really tough business. So how, how was that experience for you? Well, I was very young and just out of college and nobody told me it was supposed to be tough. So I didn't know. So I didn't find it tough. I didn't realize it was supposed to be tough till later. Yeah. Um, I loved cold calling and uh, developing new business and meeting local business owners and, you know, helping them achieve their goals. I loved 
every part of the business. I didn't really love being in Poughkeepsie so much. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's where I went to college and I loved it in college. I loved my college experience, but all my friends kind of graduated and moved away and I didn't have any family there. So I was like, what am I doing here? Which is how I ended up in Delaware. But okay. I, I loved the overall experience. I loved the job. So you, you said something that is a little bit shocking to me. You said, and I quote, I love cold calling. I, yes, I did. You did. <laughs> I don't love it so much anymore. I yeah. find that it's difficult to cold call for Viamark. Yeah. Um, because not everybody knows what Viamark is and not everybody knows whether or not they need an advertising agency. Yeah. Everybody knows what your local radio station is. Right. You know, in, in my case, it was K104. I mean, it's, it's a Poughkeepsie station. You've probably never heard of it. But when I said I was Katie from K104, people knew what that meant. So, wow. Um, yeah, I loved it. I liked cold calling. It was fun. That's great. <laughs> now, that whole industry is completely different now, you know, with all the consolidation in the radio stations. But it, mm -hmm. it gets it, you get to Delaware. And so how do you end up here? Well, so <laughs> I told you I didn't like Poughkeepsie. My yes. sister was in Florida. So I started applying for radio sales jobs in Florida, okay. closer to my sister. And my boss who had hired me at the radio station in Poughkeepsie had already left. Um, so I had a new boss and I didn't want him to know that I was looking for a job, obviously. Of so I called her and I said, hey, would you be a reference for me? I'm trying to get a new job. And she said, well, where are you applying? I said, radio stations in Florida. And she said, well, no, I don't want to be a reference for you. I want you to come work for me here in Delaware. <laughs> like, I don't really know anything about Delaware, but I liked working for you. So I'll give it a shot. And here you are. How, ma yeah, how many no, years ago was that? That was 2004. So doesn't everyone just ago. dream of that moving? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And everyone, I think, dreams of ending up in Delaware at some point. I, I think so. I think I just got here early. I was the lucky one. <laughs> so you're selling radio advertising for WJBR. And then mm -hmm. what makes you decide that, all right, I want to go do my own thing? How's that come to well, be? Well, I never really pictured myself a business owner. Yeah. Um, it wasn't something that, you know, was my goal all along. But I just fell in love with the concept of Viamark. So I found out about Viamark because there's an office in Philadelphia. Okay. And the guys that owned that office in Philadelphia some of their clients were clients of my radio station. So they were buying advertising from me. I got to know the guys really well. And I worked with a lot of different agencies. So I was very familiar with how agencies worked, but these guys were different. I'm like, how are you working out of your house? But then you're still sending me these great commercials. Like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I just started asking them more and more questions about Biomark. And I kept thinking like, wow, whoever does that in Delaware is going to be really successful. I feel like Delaware kind of needs something like this. Right. So I was like, well, I guess, I mean, I could be that person. Why not? <laughs> right. Of course. Yeah. And that's, that's really how it started. <laughs> so t tell me a little bit about the, you're actually the first franchise business owner that we've had on, on the podcast. So I'm really cool. interested in that whole model and how that works. So tell me a little bit about that process and how that, how that works. Well, I don't really know if our process is the same as franchises in general, but sure. I can speak to the Viamark process. So um, in the beginning, it was almost like a job interview. Mm -hmm. uh, so they are very um, strategic about who they will sell a franchise to in the local market because they really want it to be somebody with that local market knowledge. Makes sense. So they want you to have some sort of experience in advertising in that market, whether that's, you know, selling digital advertising, print advertising, radio advertising, creative, whatever it is, 
you are connected with the advertising decision makers in that market and you have a knowledge of the media options in that market. Okay. So once I kind of made it through that interview process, um, you know, then it just became a question of, you know, do, do you have the means to do this? You have to, you know, buy the franchise sure. and yeah. you know, get set up and everything. And, um, you, you know, a, like, are you financially able to do this, all that? And once that kind of like every piece kept falling into place, then they offered me the franchise and I was like, I guess I'm going to do this. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how was the beginning part of it for you? So once you, you know, you, you make the initial investment to do it, mm -hmm. obviously you have the local experience, you have the advertising background, how getting it off the ground, how was that experience for you? Um, it was challenging in the beginning, um, yeah. like a fun challenge, but challenging. Right. So Biomark is awesome when it comes to training. Um, that's one of the things that I really loved about the franchise. So they were great in getting me all set up, um, you know, kind of helping teaching me how to run my business because I mm -hmm. had never really run a business before. I had run a yeah. sales department, but not, you know, I hadn't had any experience in QuickBooks or anything. So I had my training with that. Um, they actually had somebody come to my market and we did some presentations for uh, some local folks in the media, kind of letting them know that there was a new agency and what makes us different. Um, and then in the beginning, whenever I would get new business meetings, somebody from Biomark would come with me on the meetings. Wow, that's so awesome. They kind of hold your hands in the beginning um, because even though, you know, I do have the local market knowledge that they were looking for, that doesn't mean that I know all the ins and outs of all the media available or, sure. you know, digital opportunities, which have changed vastly even since I opened the office. But yeah, um, it, they really were very valuable in the training in the beginning. That's really fascinating. So, uh -huh. you know, I, we, the thing about owning a business is you, most of the people, like you sort of said, like, hey, I didn't set out to own a business. You do something and then you you, you say, okay, I could make this business. And a lot of the, the business owners we talk about, they know how to do whatever it is that they do. They don't actually know how to run a business. So having that business training, whatever, whatever you paid, it was worth it. <laughs> right. I you know, think so. I don't know how I would have figured it out otherwise. I mean, I guess I would have found classes on my own, but you know, it, they really made it very turnkey. That's fantastic. I remember the first time I logged into QuickBooks and somebody said, you have to, you know, reconcile this. And I'm like, yeah. What, oh. <laughs> what are you talking? Like, I have to say that that was a dinner with a client. Like, what are you talking about? Um, mm -hmm. And I still hate doing it now. So I uh, hate it as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the other thing I, I find interesting about Viamark is you have this dedication to a local brand, right? Mm -hmm. But you have a national bench of creative people. I think that's really unique. Yes, um, I think so too. <laughs> yeah, that's so, uh, you know, when you when you talk about advertising, you sort of alluded to this earlier. Since you started at Viamark, advertising has changed drastically. So mm -hmm. how much different Absolutely. is it now than when you first started? Well, when I first started, um, my job involved a lot of media planning, media strategy, um, and media buying for my clients, which yeah. that part hasn't really changed. But what's changed so much is that everything I was doing was what we call traditional advertising. Yeah. You know, I was buying radio, I was buying television, I was buying print, I was buying outdoor. Uh, I was also buying digital, but it was kind of an afterthought. Yep. <laughs> we were like, oh, and 
you know, we should probably have some digital advertising. (laughs) You should probably look at your social media. But now, you know, that's kind of like the backbone of the strategy. And then, you know, we we still believe strongly in traditional advertising, but it's it's almost more like that is the secondary part of what we're doing as opposed to digital. So when you say traditional, you mean more like uh, magazine advertising and, and print type of things? Yeah. And broadcast, which is, you know, radio and television, yeah. um, billboards, things like that. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. The, the social media thing I think is fascinating about advertising. So, you know, the, the I always think, hey, I just talked about I wanted to buy a new pair of running shoes. And all of a sudden the running shoes appear in my Instagram feed or into my Facebook feed. How on earth does that work? You know, how do you actually do that? Yeah. So it's a little bit crazy how targeted we can get with digital advertising. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we can do things like, like what you're just talking about. Like, I know, like, you know, you've searched for something and then you see that thing come up millions of times again. Yeah. It's crazy. Or, um, you were at an event and then like all of a sudden you're getting served ads for the next event that's relative to that. And you're like, I didn't even search for it. I just like walked in there. It's crazy how much information is out there about us mm-hmm. that allows advertisers and marketers to get really strategic and um, really specific in who we're reaching with advertising, yeah. which I think is an awesome thing. Some people think it's, oh, it's scary. It's my brother. But I'm like, <laughs> no, like this is great because I'm not wasting any dollars. I'm right. reaching the people that want to be reached. And then- yeah as a consumer, you know, I'm getting served ads that are relevant to me. Like, you know, I'm not getting served ads for diapers and I don't have kids, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That, I mean, having it be targeted, I have to admit whatever algorithm Instagram is using for me is working very well. I'm buying <laughs> random crap that I think I need all the time. <laughs> I, I, I just bought, you know, like a new pair, I literally a new pair of sneakers that I saw in an Instagram feed that I was like, Oh, I really like those. And then Under Armour had them and here we go. I'm buying them. So it's a, mm-hmm. uh, it's a crazy thing of how, how specific you, you can get in your world. Yeah. Which I mean, is, is great for clients. I mean, they don't want to be guessing on who's going to see their ad. They want to be reaching the person that's going to buy the sneakers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. So when you, what, what type of clients do you traditionally deal with? So we can really work with any type of business. We work with automotive dealers, um, HVAC clients. Uh, we work with a medical imaging group, a dermatologist, um, a roofer, just to name a few. Yeah. But really like there's no specific industry that we would prefer to work with or we work better with, but kind of like our sweet spot is that like medium-sized local business that is large enough that they have a budget to spend on advertising. Sure. Um, you know, but they're small enough that they're still trying to do it in-house. And that's the person that we can really help. Yeah, that's great. So to finally say, hey, I graduated from, I have this yeah. one person that can post stuff on Facebook or whatever to, to have right. a real advertising campaign. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. What, what do you typically see? What, what mistake do you see business owners making as it relates to their advertising? I see a lot of mistakes. (laughs) Probably the most common is um, I think sometimes business owners want to tell the people who are being served their ad, everything about their business in the ad. 
Yeah. And that's not the goal of the ad. The goal of the ad is to get them to either come into your location, click on your ad or, you know, visit your website or like your Facebook page. Like we're, we're not trying to get them to be completely educated all about your business in a little banner ad or a 30 second TV spot. It's not going to happen. We want to just deliver the message to let them know what you do and why you're the best at what you do and then get them to come to you. So basically you need to create a, I think they call it a call to action. Is that what it's Mm -hmm. called? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the one thing I find interesting about the business world in general is I feel like the art of simplicity has been lost. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I get ads sent to me by email or whatever, and there's so many words. And and you don't read them all, I bet. I can't, (laughs) I can't read them all. Like if you, if you send me an email and it's more than a paragraph, I'm probably out on it. You know, Mm -hmm. I like literally have to concentrate and sit down. So do you ever have people that come in and say, you know, I, Hey, I want to have, have all these words on here and you go, okay, here's a better way to to say this or do this. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that happens all the time. And we have, like, it's our job to find what the message really is in those words and then deliver it concisely so that, you know, the consumer is going to want to get that message and want to know more. Yeah. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. Now, I do find that business owners really confuse the word marketing. Mm-hmm. So the marketing is this big, broad category, but I think, you know, they get confused. They, they think that marketing is the same thing as branding, is the same thing as advertising, is the same thing as SEO. How right. do you educate a client so they can understand that all of these things are different yet play a role in the strategy? Um, that's a great question. And I don't think there's like a one size fits all approach because some of our clients, some people hire us and they say, I don't want to know what those words mean. I don't want to think about it. That's why I have you like go. Yes. total outsource. <laughs> yeah. Then some people, um, are, you know, really are good marketers. Um, they don't necessarily have the time to do everything. So they, you know, they want to hire us to help execute their vision and we're happy to do, you know, either one. Um, but I don't think there's really a one size fits all approach on how we teach people the terms because it's kind of like we teach like on a as needed basis. (laughs) Yes, for sure. Yeah. That makes, that makes sense. The, The one thing, you know, with your focus on the local advertising, Obviously, Biomark has 14 locations, but Delaware is such a weird market in the Mm -hmm. sense that being in Delaware is really, really important, right? Mm -hmm. So how have you been able to take the desire for most business owners in Delaware to be stamped Delaware and really, you know, sort of exploit that for them? You know, that's a great question. Like, I'm not really sure that we have necessarily like exploited that our businesses are from Delaware. Yeah. Um, really like we just try to make them the most well-known fill in the blank in Delaware, like whatever their business is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, sometimes we're focusing on the fact that they're from Delaware, but really what's more important is just like consistency. Yeah. And we want to make sure that, you know, we're, we're identifying what their brand is and then we're being consistent with that. Um, you know, that's how, you become the most well-known in the market is by people developing trust with your brand, which is all about consistency. So it's like the same colors, the same fonts. Um, If we're talking about uh, radio or TV, it's like we're using the same voice. Yes. Um, It's the same uh, style graphics for social media. You know, we want to be consistent. 
Yes. So whether that's talking about that we're from Delaware, like, can we do that consistently or, or, or not? I mean, I think I kind of like answered a different question, but. <laughs> no, but uh, no, I think that that's actually a really good point because I, you know, I think I would imagine you go into business all the time. You go, your, your colors are all different on mm-hmm. between your letterhead and your Facebook page and your Instagram page. And you have to get a, what do they call that? The, uh, the color palette or what, what is that? Mm-hmm. that yeah. Uh, color palette. Yeah. Look at me. I'm like a marketing expert. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and making sure that's all consistent. I think the consistency thing is really important and very overlooked oftentimes, especially when yeah. someone's trying to do it themselves. Yes. That's the biggest thing that we see. And the biggest like immediate improvement that we can usually make when we start to work with a new client is just getting everything to be consistent. Yeah. And that's yeah. so important. That's great. Well, uh, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about COVID. Okay. So a, a lot of times when turmoil happens in the, in the economy, marketing and advertising is the first thing that goes, mm-hmm. you know, how did, the, how, how did the pandemic affect your business and, you know, going through the pandemic, how, how have things been on the other side of it? 2020 was a really rough year for us. Mm-hmm. Um, as you can imagine, sure. uh, you know, in March, when everything got shut down, the first thing our clients did was they called us and said, we need to pull our advertising because we're not even open. Why are we going to advertise? Good point. <laughs> and I didn't really even have a comeback. I'm like, of course, we're going to pull it. I'm not going to try to convince you to advertise when your business isn't open. Yeah. We're lucky in that we have pretty low overhead. So, you know, I was able to survive that time. But um, this year has been actually very busy for us. That's I think awesome. that a lot of the local businesses, you know, got some money from the PPP or were able to apply for grants for their businesses um, in order to advertise. People had to let people know that there was different ways of doing business with them now. And, mm-hmm. you know, in order to do that, they had to advertise. People really took a good hard look at their websites because that's like like the front door of your business. And during COVID that was like exclusively how we were doing business. Yeah. So we've been helping a lot of clients to kind of revamp their websites. Um, 2020 was, was rough for us, understandably so, but coming out on the other side, you know, I think that people are kind of taking a look at the way that they do business. And that's been helpful for us because, you know, we have to get that word out. Yeah. So I guess that would be one of the positives that came out of it. I think a lot of businesses had time to sort of say, Holy crap, what are we going to do when this, mm-hmm. when things turn around and then they can sort of focus on things, like you said, like your website and starting to hit the gas once, once things opened up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, definitely. That's great. So as a, as a business owner, I know a lot of times people are in search of a mentor. Mm-hmm. Were you lucky enough to have a mentor in your life? I was, I, I was lucky enough to have several, but there's definitely one who stands out. And that's the woman that I referenced earlier. Her name was Jane Barch. Unfortunately, she passed away. Oh no! But she was the one that brought me to Delaware. And yeah, she was awesome. So talk a little bit about that relationship, because, you know, I, I do think a mentorship is such a valuable experience to happen. So, you know, what are some of the things that she helped you with and that you're you know thankful to, to her for? Um, I think she kind of helped me to get a backbone in, in the industry. Interesting. Um, because, you know, when you're first starting out in sales, your job is to sell. Like you're exactly. supposed to sell everything you can. <laughs> so I would just sometimes sell things for like less than their value, like like except to take less because I was trying to like- To get a yes. Yeah, trying yeah. to get a yes. And, um, you know, she- she was a badass. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that or not, but sure. she was like, I, do you watch Yellowstone? 
I, I, you know what? I just started watching it last week. Um, I watched the first a episode. A little bit of Beth Dutton, but way nicer. Okay. But that's, that's the daughter, more. right? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I, that's what I figured just watching, having watched one episode. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So you'll, you'll know what I mean later, but, yeah. <laughs> but she just, she, um, you know, I would go to her and I would say, well, this client wants me to do this and this and this. And she's like, no, you're not doing that. You don't have to do that. Like we have a great product. What are you talking about? Like they need this, they need you more than you need them. Wow. And I just, um, like, I always kind of have that with me now. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, we've talked to, to another uh, business owner on here and he, and he said, you shouldn't be worried that they say no. You should be worried that they say yes and that you have to do the job for less than you, you know, you, you sort of put yourself on sale. And that's really a, that's a really a great lesson because I agree with you. You know, I, I, I've experienced that myself in the beginning where you're just trying to like, ah, uh, you start discounting things that you know don't make any sense just to, right. to win, the, win the deal. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're working all day. Right. You're not making a profit. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So great. I have a client that I make zero dollars from. That's that's great. Yeah. Um, Well, let's talk a little bit about one of our mutual favorite topics. Okay. So we're here in January of 2022 and our beloved Eagles just got smoked in the playoffs. Uh So I always consider myself a humongous Eagles fan until I talk to you. So talk about how many games outside of COVID that you've missed that the Philadelphia Eagles have played in the past, you know, couple of years. So this year I missed four. Okay. That was obviously other than COVID a record yeah. for me. Usually it's like one or zero. No, I think, <laughs> I think when people are probably listening, it's like, okay, well, she makes it to, to seven home games. No, no. You go to every game. Regardless yeah. I go of the to the home away playoffs, wherever the Eagles are, I'm there. Most of the time this year I missed four. <laughs> yeah. So um, two questions. Mm-hmm. Number one, what should the Eagles do a quarterback? Uh, Without making this a, a WIP yeah. show, but. Um, I think they, they have to stick with Jalen. And okay. I don't want to say that. I don't really think he's our guy. Yeah. But I think that we need the draft picks for other positions right now. I'm with you. So we agree on that. Second Eagles related question, and then we'll move off the topic. Your favorite away stadium or away experience? Okay. Well, so if you had asked me this prior to this year, I would probably have a different answer. Okay. And actually my stadiums and my experiences are two different answers. Oh, well, I want to hear both of them. um, The new Las Vegas stadium, uh, Allegiant, Allegiant. Yeah. Uh, was incredible. Definitely I drove past that in, in October. So I flew into Vegas. We were driving to Utah to my wife and I to go hiking and we passed it and I was like, holy crap. That thing yeah. is humongous. So it's as incredible as it looks from the outside. Yeah. It's like, it's like you're like in a Las Vegas club. In the oh my stadium. God. It's, it's insane. It's so insane. I have not been to so far yet, the new LA. So I yep. can't speak to that one. Um, but there's only two stadiums I haven't been to. Oh, which Shopify was... and Houston. Okay. So, um, Las Vegas, my favorite stadium. I think my favorite experience is green Bay. Like green Bay is such like a football town yeah. and their tailgates are so much fun. Yep. And just to be like in that stadium, you feel like you're like in a part of history kind of for sure. Yeah. So I used to do 
uh, when I was younger, I used to do away trips with a bunch of my friends. Our favorite trip was the Titans. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Because A, you're in Nashville, and B, you can stay in downtown Nashville and walk to the you games. Can just walk which over is pretty, that bridge. Yeah. yeah. Eagles, Kevin Cobb was the quarterback, and they lost in that game, which was very disappointing. But um, we'll talk about that. That, that's a that's a story for a different day. <laughs> <laughs> um, going back to the business thing. Okay. What do you think the biggest mistake you've made that you would caution other entrepreneurs from making? Well, I already like alluded to this earlier, but when I first started my business, it was very similar to when I first started in radio. I think I was undercutting my pricing way too much. Yeah. I thought that that was what I had to do to win business. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just not smart. I wasn't making smart business decisions. Yeah. I do feel that our p- c- prices are competitive and yep. we definitely don't try to like gouge our clients. But, um, you know, in the beginning, I think I was just like, I need to be the cheapest. I need to be the cheapest or I'm not going to get this business. But like you said, like I, now I don't want that business. If somebody's really just strictly price shopping and wants to find the cheapest, yeah. somebody else probably is going to do it cheaper, but you're not going to get the quality work that we deliver. I, I do find it interesting, the confidence that you gain uh, over a couple of years. And then you get to the point where you're sort of like, I don't care if people say no. You know, yeah. I mean that in a, in a, you know, uh, an upbeat friendly way, but it's sort of right. like, you know, I don't need to, I, I will do this. I mean, I will enjoy doing this work for X amount, but if it's, they're going to beat me up, you know, that's kind of, I'd rather not do it. Right. Exactly. And it does take a lot of confidence to be able to do that. And there's a fine line too. Like, I mean, you want to, um, you want to remain competitive and be giving your clients a great value, but you have to just value your time as well. Great, great way to say it. Now, one of the other things that you've done a tremendous job with is how involved you are in local charities and and, uh, and in the community. Thank Talk you. a little bit about how deep you are involved in the different charities in in, uh, in the area. Well, I'm involved with a lot. <laughs> um, I'm involved with um, the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. Um, I'm involved with the Middletown Area Chamber of Commerce. I'm on their board. Um, I'm on the board of the um, MOT Rotary Club. Um, I help with um, Wendell Smallwood's football camp. Yeah. I'm involved with um, the Associate Builders and Contractors. That's not a nonprofit, but I do some volunteer work for them. Um, but I really truly believe that if you have the time and resources to give back, you should be. Uh, yeah. And that can be different. It can mean different things to different people. Um, you know, some people can just write a check. Uh, some people, you know, can don't have a lot of time and they can just maybe do something one day a year and help with a cleanup or something. But yep. I just think that it's very important to give back to the community that you live in. And I, I really enjoy planning events and fundraising, which I know a lot of people don't. Yeah. <laughs> but like to me, to be able to, you know, do something fun with my time, that's really going to give value to an organization that I feel passionate about. It's like a no brainer. So I'm lucky enough to have been on the same team as you to help raise money for, for the <laughs> leukemia. The right word? <laughs> well, I think the thing that's interesting is that if I imagine our team, like a group project, right. Mm-hmm. In college and you and Laura did all the heavy lifting. And I feel like I was, I got an a plus just by being on the team. So, you know, kudos to you for, for that. Thank you. And to Laura too. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. To, to Laura as well. Um, but I, the, the amount of money that you have helped raise for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, it, it, you know, just, just that part is incredible. Do you have any idea how much it is? Um, well, I can tell you how much the teams that I've been on raise, but yes. I mean, I can't take credit for all of that sure. now. Um, but it's been over $200,000. That's amazing. It's really amazing. And, and that, that charity is really outstanding. You know, they really, really are. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. And, you know, like I said, you do all the heavy lifting. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, this has been great. I really enjoyed talking to you. If people want to yeah. know a little bit more about you and your business, where can they go? They can go to Viamark, V-I-A-M-A-R-K, Delaware.com. That's awesome. And if you want to connect with me on Untapped, my username is brcarney 7 You can hear and see how I actually rate these beers. And to learn more about how my firm helps business owners with their financial planning, visit riversedgeadvisors.com. And to hear past episodes of the podcast, go to happy-half-hour.com. All right. So come to the rating point here. Uh, I really like this beer, actually. Pound of Idaho Feathers, I would actually give it a four out of five rating. And I don't give fives, so it's a a really good rating. Um, Katie, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers. This has been great. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur, sponsored by Rivers Edge Advisors. For more information on how Rivers Edge Advisors can help you, visit their website at riversedgeadvisors.com. If you'd like to connect with Brian Carney for business advice or just to share a beer, follow him on Instagram at riversedgeadvisors underscore LLC. 